Utah and Arizona face off this Saturday. Who's going to come out on top and what are the keys to the matchup we're talking about on today's Locked On Utes. You are Locked On Utes, your daily podcast on the Utah Utes. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everyone, and thank you for making Locked On Utes your first listen every single day. We are available on all platforms, including YouTube and wherever you may get your podcast. If this is your first time listening to our show, make sure you like and subscribe. We love interacting with you in the YouTube comments or leave us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. Today's episode of Locked On Utes is brought to you by PrizePix. You can go to prizepix.com slash college and use code LOCKEDONCOLLEGE for a first deposit match up to $100. Daily fantasy sports made easy. My name is JT Wistersville, former intern inside the University of Utah Athletic Department. Excited to be joined on today's episode by Spencer McLaughlin, the host of the Locked On Pac-12 podcast, to preview what – it's still funny looking at this game between Arizona and Utah. Should be a fun one, matchup between two top 25 ranked teams. But, Spencer, going into the season, you were actually on my show. You predicted Arizona to upset Utah. That was with Cam Rising healthy and everything like that. But I don't know if you would have made that prediction – when you made the prediction at the time, if you – well, I know for a fact, neither of us thought that Arizona was going to be ranked higher than Utah when that prediction was made and uh, just kind of the crazy season that's gone for both sides. And it's funny that neither Cam Rising nor Jaden Delore is more than likely going to play in this game. And uh, it just shows you how crazy a football season can play out, Spencer. Yeah, that's the way it goes sometimes. And, you know, before the year, I took some flack from my Oregon State friends saying that Arizona would beat them in Tucson before the season. Mm-hmm. I stuck to my guns on that prediction yeah. going into the game. And oh. lo and behold, here we are. I'm not feeling the same way in this one, though. It's going to be a fantastic football game. I think Bryce and Barnes and that offense are playing good football right yeah. now. I know they dropped a dud against Oregon. I think the Ducks defense is really good and just had a really good day. But when you look at what he has done over the second half of the season at the helm of this Utah offense coordinated by Andy Ludwig, I think they've done a really nice job. Second half of Washington, not so nice. First half could not have been any better really Mm -hmm. and and i i think that you know i'm sure utah fans have that sense of like man what if we had cam rising well you'd have no more than one loss right now that that is for certain you beat washington you maybe between oregon state and oregon you win one of those games if cam rising is is there probably not both but but Mm -hmm. one i i think for sure so i think utah has done a really nice job but arizona is a good football team there's no if ands or buts about it or context or no they're just really good did you know that they have not lost a game by multiple possessions this year i did not know that actually that That has not happened i have their schedule pulled up so i should have their three losses over time at mississippi Mm -hmm. state a game in which jane delora threw four interceptions (laughs) three overtimes against usc they lost by two and at home against washington they lost by seven those are their losses so it's a good Arizona team. I thought they'd be good before the year. They're even better than I thought they would be because their defense has taken you, – you talk about the defensive coordinator earning a raise this season. Johnny Nansen, what a job. I mean, the talent they brought in, I liked the talent they brought in. I thought they'd be improved defensively. JT, they're averaging 21 points per game allowed on the season. That is a far cry from what they were last year. They've just gotten so much better – Fafita is a baller. Tetsuroa McMillan and Jacob Cowing, 
That's among the best one-two wide receiver tandems in the country. Not not just in the Pac-12, yeah. in the country. I think it's probably number two in the Pac-12 to Roma Dunze and Jalen McMillan or Jalen Polk, whichever mm-hmm. one is you know healthy yeah. in the number two receiver there for Washington. I think it's those two. But if you're talking tandems, you know I think Troy Franklin and Tez Johnson are really really good at Oregon. But I'd put T Mac and Cowing just a notch above them, perhaps though it is certainly close. So this Arizona team has got talent. They are well-coached, well-schemed, and they're playing really good football right now. But I do think Utah is going to be able to go in and get this win. And I don't just say that because I'm on a Utah podcast. I, I, wow. I, I, and you go in right away on the prediction. I like it. I like it. Appreciate it. And it has been crazy just the run that Arizona's been on. You know, you mentioned the losses. And, yes, they did. Like, I feel like the USC uh, barely losing to them has lost some of its luster. Is like, is that not a great loss? Like, USC's losses are still just to Utah, Oregon, Washington, and Notre Dame. Those are all pretty good teams. And I think all of them – because Notre Dame, I think, is still ranked as well, too. So, I think that is, – is Notre Dame still yeah, ranked? Yeah, I believe so. I believe they so They probably well. are. I mean, it's Notre Dame. They're going to use any Notre- excuse they yeah, can we- to put – Big yeah, brains we in there. <laughs> we we know how that's gonna play out. But while you check uh while you, while you check that, I'll say this about uh, this game. Talk about the biggest storyline to me. It is can this Utah offense find their footing once again? Because while they were awesome against Washington, the second half was really disappointing. It was actually weird. Kyle Whittingham in his post game or excuse me, his Monday press conference said like he couldn't put a finger on it. Well, the truth is it was just execution, multiple penalties. Slow, slow to get off the snaps. So you give up a safety in your own end zone, a uh, bad offensive pass interference call, but just in general, it's the Utah team that has struggled at moments. But I also agree with what you said. I do think offensively Bryson Barnes, we know is capable of going on the road and getting tough wins. Did it against USC. And I do think overall, a lot of those issues that popped up in the second half are so correctable and they haven't been as present in a lot of the other halves. I do expect the offense to have a good game in this one for Utah. I think Bryson's going to be able to make a few nice throws. I think Utah will be able to get the ground game going too. Cause as you mentioned, the Arizona defense is good, but to me it's not in the class and you can push back on this if you want of Oregon, UCLA and Utah. I think those, yeah, are no, it's not, it's not quite there. Yeah, I think those are the three best defenses in the conference. So that's where I do feel like this Utah offense should have success moving the ball, controlling the clock, and uh, you know keeping five feet off the field because he's just been incredible. Yeah, he, he's he's been really really good. I, I think Arizona's defense is capable. You know, you look what they did against Oregon State. That's a good mm-hmm. offense. Held them to twenty four points in this very stadium. And you know, Arizona, you look back on it, and go, boy, they're five and two in conference play. What if they'd beaten USC? They'd be a one loss team right now. They have a lot of scheduling breaks, frankly, because they have they had UCLA at home, Oregon State at home. They're getting Utah here at home, and they had Washington at home. Miss, like all, they miss Oregon too. Yeah, they yeah, and they miss Oregon on on their schedule. So a number of breaks for Arizona, and you know, I I mean, they've already surpassed expectations for the year, even my own. And I was high on the Wildcats. I thought they'd end the year seven and five. I think they're yeah. probably going to end the season eight and four, which is a great, great year three for for Jed Fish and. You know, you ever see The Incredibles? I think I have. Okay, I'm sure a lot of people out there have. There's a scene at the end of the first one that came out back in like 2006. And Dash is running track. And he's the son who has super speed. And he's running track. And he wasn't able to play sports previously because, well, you can't, you you know, let the cat out of the bag that he's obviously a superhero, right? So they figure out that track is a sport he could do where he could, you know, use his gifts, but not so much that he shows that, that, that he's a superhero, right? And, and give that whole thing away. So the, his parents are coaching him up in the stands as he's running the race about like, yeah, yeah, you can go a little bit faster as he's, you know, falling behind the kids. Then he starts to really speed up and they're like, no, 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 slow it down, slow it down. And whatnot. 
that's got to be Arizona fans with Jed Fish right now. Yeah, 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 yeah. Keep winning games. No, 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 no. Texas A&M is open. Don't win too many games. UCLA's exactly. going to open. Don't win exactly. too many games. Because that's the job that Jed Fish has done. I mean, this program was an abject disaster. He and Jonathan Smith both. Remarkable yeah. turnarounds, right? They have gone from 1-11 teams to conference contenders in, I won't say a short amount of time. Arizona's has been a little bit quicker, but – Neither one was in a hurry to make things happen. They're process driven and they just got better and better and better. And now they're here and they're really good teams. And, you know, one, one thing I hope outside of this game, JT, is that the loser doesn't become unranked. Well, Utah could be in a tough spot considering they're already at 22, but I know. What you I know. Mean. And it's, rid- it's ridiculous. Tell me, tell me this. Tennis, by the way, Notre Dame is right. I was hoping you'd go there, at man. No- oh. At number 18. I, I, I am. What, what, why don't I take a break and just kind of let thing, let my anger build up and then I'll, you know, let it all out at once on this, on this Tennessee nonsense. Cause I got to tell you, it's utter nonsense. I look forward to hearing you talk about that almost as much as I look forward to filling in our listeners of Locked On Utes about our great friends at Prize Picks. When you're talking about Prize Picks, it's the largest daily fantasy sports platform in North America. They have the easiest and most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. It's just you against the numbers. Instead of battling thousands of other players, including pros and sharks, you pick more than or less than two to six player stat projections and watch the winnings roll in. With basketball season here, you can now pick combo projections across football and basketball from the Specials League, a league created specifically specifically for combo projections that include two or more players from different sports or leagues. For example, you can do LeBron James plus Travis Kelsey at a 10.5 combo of three-pointers made and receptions. Prize Picks even offers a reboot policy so that your entries stay in play even if one of your players gets injured for football and basketball games. If you have a player who exits the game in the first half and does not return for the second, the player is rebooted. Prize Picks is the only daily fantasy sports platform with injury insurance. You can go to prizepicks.com slash locked on college and use the code locked on college for a first deposit match up to $100. Go to prizepicks.com slash locked on college and use the code locked on college with no spaces in between for a first deposit match up to $100. Also, I want to talk to you guys about another sponsor on today's episode of Locked On Utes. It's our friends at UCCU. The UCCU mobile banking app pays your entire family to learn about money. Kids look to parents to become more financially literate. Parents don't always know the answers. Learn Earn breaks down financial topics into fun, bite-sized educational games like quizzes and trivia. Every time a family member completes a topic, they earn points that can occur and can be redeemed for gift cards to stores like Amazon, Apple, Sephora, Walmart, Nike, and more. There's age-appropriate content for every member of the family who can compete against each other and track their progress on leaderboards. Learn and Earn is inside the UCCU mobile banking app, so you can play anytime, anywhere. The more you play, the more you learn, and the more you learn, the more you earn. Learn and earn, part of UCCU's award-winning Be Money Smart Youth Banking Program, helping kids, teens, and parents have fun while becoming more financially literate together. UCCU, love where you bank. Spencer, do you already take your second segment sip? I do need it. I've been battling a scratchy throat today. Well, I want you at your best, too, because I would love for you, and I think Utah fans as well, would love for you to continue where you left off, sir, about your uh, Tennessee rant. The Tennessee Volunteers being a ranked football team is laughably comical. As Mike Tomlin would say, it's not funny, but it's laughable. This Mm -hmm. is SEC East Coast BS bias at its absolute finest. So let's take a look at the non-conference slate. And and, and by the way, let's not forget that the SEC only play... eight conference games they don't play nine but that's neither this, this here. week is the week it's awful neither here nor there yeah tennessee two weeks ago their last win was against yukon 
Oh, what a power playing them in the middle of the season. That's called having a buy. That's called having a second buy in the middle of the season. So that's ridiculous. That's the first thing. Here's the second thing. The rest of their non-conference slate consists of Virginia, which barely counts as a power five school. But then again, at the moment, so does Baylor. So why don't we cancel that one out when we're comparing it to Utah? Austin P. All right. That's an FCS opponent. Everybody has one of those. Totally get it. And UTSA. So when you're talking about a strength of schedule in the non-conference, Tennessee's best win is against UTSA, a good team in the American. Uh, Utah's best non-conference win, who would that? Oh, that's right, the Florida Gators. Did Tennessee play Florida this year? Hey, look at that. Tennessee played Florida. What was the score? Oh, that's right. Florida beat them by 13 points. Now, Utah, let me let me think. Let me think. What was the final score of that game, JT? Back in Salt Lake oh, City? Holy. Gosh, it was so long ago. Was it? I'm trying to remember. It Was Was it 24, like 26, 13, something? Mm-hmm. All I remember is turning it off because going into the fourth quarter, it yes. was 24 to 3, and the game mm-hmm. was over, and Florida was absolutely incompetent. Florida's not actually very good, by the way. So Tennessee's three losses this year are to Florida, unranked Florida on the road by 13 points. Number 11, Alabama on the road. Okay, no shame. Losing by 14 points. I'll give you one there. I mean, you know, good teams would actually like hang around against a good but not great Alabama team. But, hey, that's neither here nor there. How about last week when they took on Missouri? Oh, that's right. They lost by 29 points. Their best win, their best win is against Kentucky, who's not ranked. And was ranked earlier in the season for the same SEC bias you even brought up. Completely absurd that Tennessee's ahead of Utah. They have the same, and they're three spots ahead of them. You have a common opponent in which Tennessee lost by double digits and Utah beat by double digits. And the best win that they've got is Kentucky? Really? Meanwhile, Utah has three losses that are to um, better teams. You know how I know that? Because this same committee that's putting out these rankings has ranked the losses as better because Alabama isn't ranked as high as Oregon or Washington. Florida isn't ranked at all. And Missouri is ranked eighth. Guess what? Still not as high as Oregon or Washington. And Utah, yep, they got beat bad by Oregon. Played Washington on the road in a close game. Tennessee, a top 10 team on the road last week. In Missouri, they went up against, lost by 29 points. And they're not only ranked, they're ranked ahead of Utah. It's utterly, it's it's infuriating. It's absolutely infuriating. And it's the same East Coast, SEC, ACC bias crap that is putting Florida State ahead of Washington in the rankings right now. There is no justification for that. The strength of schedule isn't there. Quality of wins isn't there. And neither team has a loss this year. And Florida State is playing a cupcake this week in North Alabama. Did you know that Florida State, until the ACC championship game, doesn't have another ACC game on the schedule. They have North Alabama this week. They have Florida next week, which at least their non, you know, their non-conference game that's filling in for what should be a ninth SEC game is a respectable opponent. But holy crap, what are we doing here? This stuff drives me absolutely insane. Tennessee is not a great football team. They're certainly not top 25. And the fact that they are is reflective of how much this entire committee and everyone just absolutely love the SEC every single year, sometimes with good reason, but this one is completely and utterly absurd. I think I could even, and first of all, that, that was fantastic. I appreciate that. Um, I think it could make a really good argument about Missouri being too high as well. I mean, they're, they're way over, too high. Are you kidding me? They had they had some close uh, games earlier in the season versus good, te- team, good like, team, by the way. Good team. Yeah, no, good. Like deserving of the top fifteen, but like not I know top Penn 10. State's come. 
I know Penn State's coming off a rough one still, and I'm not saying Penn State necessarily top 10 team, but at least their losses are to Ohio State and Michigan, and they've blown everyone else out versus Missouri's had close games with other opponents too. But yeah, e either way, it's definitely disrespectful for Utah. But what's nice for Utah is all they have to do is beat Arizona, and then they should be able to jump above Tennessee. At least you'd like to think. Maybe we won't give the committee that much credit. But either way, as it relates to keys to the game for Utah in this one, I think the biggest one for Utah defensively is I don't want to give those receivers a bunch of time to get open downfield. I saw how that went last week for these Utah defensive backs against what we just called the best Pac-12 receiver tandem in the Washington receivers. Now they might very well be playing the second best to your point you highlighted earlier. So to me, you have to get to Fafita and you have to pressure him. And as much as I like Fafita, and I said, I think he's really good. You do see where he's not Bo Nix, Michael Penix. He will miss throws, and he did against Colorado. It's part of the reason that game was close throughout it. Missed on a couple of key downs where he had a player open and wasn't able to hit him. Now, he can make some tremendous plays as well and more than make up for those misses too. But that's where if I'm Utah, I'm looking for Jonah Ellis to really get home and really force some of those errant throws that you could potentially pick off and help you turn the tide in Tucson. Yeah, and I, I think the biggest thing for Utah defensively, you can't let Arizona be balanced. That is the most important thing to me when defending the Wildcats. When, when this offense is at its best, and they've been good. I won't say great, but they've been good this year. They're about 31 points per game, which is good enough, but their defense has been good, and they're just really well coached. You know, they, they average 437 yards of total offense per game. 157 of those come on the ground. You know, Fafita's been the driving force of, of the offense. I think that when you look at this team, like when they play their best football against Oregon State or against UCLA, what are they able to do? They, they they are able to run the football. They're able to have balance. They have under center components and looks in their offense that are most effective when? When you can have play action off of it and when the defense has to respect that play action. I, I think Fafita has been good in that game this year. Jed Fish is a real good play caller and a really good head coach. I think that Arizona – if you make them one-dimensional, Fafita is not Jaden Delora level with the turnovers, but he can make an errant throw every now and then or a bad decision every now and then. He, you know, Delora is the guy who he's learned the game from, so he can be productive. He can also make some throws where you go, man, what, 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 what exactly were you doing there? So I think not letting them be balanced is key. But the other thing for Utah, when you're talking keys to the game here, JT, you got to come out and somehow, some way – kind of throw the first punch. I don't care if it's offensively, yeah. defensively, special teams. That crowd down there in Arizona is real good. And they're a hostile environment. They are loud and they are rowdy. But much like my Ducks came into Salt Lake City and did, you got to come out and not give them a reason to get into the game early. You have to force Arizona to make plays that inspire the crowd to get into it. But when you're going down to a place like that, it's not like going to the Coliseum or the Rose Bowl or the Farm or Memorial Stadium or any place like that or you know even Sun Devil Stadium sometimes. You've got to go down there to Tucson, especially with the momentum that Jetfish has for this program. They've won four games in a row last time I checked, three of them against ranked teams. They have been excellent over the last month, and the excitement around the program is really high. So when you couple that, with the fact that they're a good football team and that they have played their best football at home but have done well on the road as well. They're a complete, well-coached football team, and when they get the crowd behind them, they're dangerous. So I, I think that not letting them be balanced and taking the crowd out of it early as best you can, it doesn't matter. It doesn't have to be an opening drive touchdown. It doesn't have to be 
it, you know, an opening drive three and out. It's it's just got to be something to where the crowd kind of has to go, okay, this is going to be a slugfest. That, I think, is a big key for Utah here. I think it was Kalen DeBoer who said that last year's Washington team loses the, the Arizona State game or whatever game it was. Like, just last year's team wouldn't have been able to win the game. That's exactly how I feel about Arizona last week against Colorado. Shador Sanders made some more incredible throws in that game where I'm just like, man, he's having a day. And when he has that kind of a day, even good teams like Arizona, it's just tough to beat a guy like that when he's on one at the most important position on the field. Yet they found a way to win and do exactly that because that's the position that Coach Fish has in this team. And going back to a point you made earlier, I think you're absolutely right about the slowdown on the winning standpoint because I don't know what Coach Fish is flashy enough for AM. But he's probably the smartest hire they could make. I just don't think they're smart enough to make that hire because they do kind of get all obsessed with the He's Texas a better fit at UCLA. I agree. Oh, better fit at UCLA. Okay. Oh, interesting. Yeah, he'd be, a, he'd be a better with, fit at UCLA. With all the stuff that's going on with Chip Kelly right now, that's a funny one for you. Yeah, I don't <laughs> I don't get I, I don't fully we, get that. It's a basketball team. school. Yeah. And he's going to a bowl game again this year in what is clearly as I have been beating the drum for on Locked On Pac-12 since the spring, really, a rebuilding year of sorts at the quarterback position. You had no elite option at the quarterback spot. And, and you're, you're going to with Dante Moore, but... Actually. I, yeah, I, I, I think the expectations for US, or for UCLA have gone haywire if they do end up moving on from Chip Kelly, because I'm going, look... You can't lose that game to Arizona State. I, I agree. That's a that's a bad, horrible, no good, awful loss because ASU's on their third string quarterback too. But look at what he's done. When he took it over, they didn't even have eighty five scholarship players. It was a mess. They were under five hundred their first couple of years. This will be their third straight season of bowl eligibility. I I, I, I just he's yeah. beaten beaten USC twice during his tenure. I just I don't know mm-hmm. about that one. And we knew how tough the season was going to be. And it's like, man, it's so. What's the reason the Pac 12 is going to be so good this year? All the quarterbacks were coming back. Who's the one elite Pac 12 quarterback that didn't get to come back last year? It's DTR. If DTR. If DTR is back for his fifth year this season, UCLA is yeah. a bona fide Pac 12 contender. Definitely. 100%. Absolutely. With the way Latu's playing on the they don't even need Zach, they don't even, didn't even need Zach Charbonnet to come back. They just needed DTR. Yeah, they had good running backs. Yep. They just they just needed DTR. And I remember hearing it from UCLA fans. DTR was overrated. Oh my gosh, he wasn't very good. He was too many turnovers. I'm like, yeah, okay, you watch. And here we are. Cheers. I love, I love Nate Johnson. I think he does some good things, but you heard the same thing from some Utah fans as well. Talk about that. And it's kind of the same thing where it's always so tempting to move on for the new shiny thing and to see what they can do, but you got to trust old reliable. I think Penn State fans are really learning that right now with how much they used to bury. I, I don't know why I just blanked on their quarterbacks' names last year, but Drew Allers really struggled in some key spots this year. And uh, the oh, guy they had last, guy's year, name last year, I know I'm, I'm mad at myself too because obviously we Utah played them in the in the Rose Bowl. But Spence, you, if you could have me for that, when I got back from this break, I would appreciate it. Yeah, um, I got you. I do want to- I do want to tell you guys about another sponsor, though, before we get into who's actually going to win this matchup between Utah and Arizona, talking to you about our friends at Athletic Brewing Co. Guys, when you talk about Athletic Brewing Co., they, when you talk about your game changer of the week brought to you by Athletic Brewing Company, I'm actually not going to give the previous one. I'm going to predict who it's going to be in this game, and I think it's going to be Bryson Barnes who's going to make multiple winning plays. And just like Bryson Barnes is going to make some winning plays, Athletic Brewing is going to make some winning plays, and they've completely changed the non-alcoholic beer game. They make non-alcoholic beers that actually taste really good. The Athletic Brewing Company have great tasting and award-winning beers that beat out full-strength beers in global competition. They brew over 50 style crafts, non-alcoholic beers, and 
including IPAs, golden sours, and more. They're constantly releasing limited edition experimental styles to add to their variety. They're truly fit for all times, whether it's watching a big game or your kid's game, tackling work, or even working out. And there's no hangovers ever. You can find Athletic in-store, online, and at bars around the country. They're the fastest-growing non-alcoholic brewery in the U.S., and you can get on board right now because you can find Athletic Brewing Co.'s non-alcoholic brews at a store near you or buy online at athleticbrewing.com. Com. First-time customers can use code LOCKEDON, all caps, no spaces, to get 15% off your first order online. That's code L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N at checkout for 15% off at athleticbrewing.com. Near beer, exclusions, and conditions apply. Athletic Brewing Company. Fit for all times. Spencer, who was it? Sean Clifford. Yes, it was Sean Clifford. I can't Which is amazing that. that we forgot because he was only there for like nine seasons. I know exactly. He was so long, so long. And like you said, it's the, it's the same thing though. We get all enamored with, Oh, four star, whatever Aller is. He's going to do Aller might've been a five star, even just like it's gonna Aller do this, was gonna a five do star. That. Yeah. You're going to do this, going to do that. And then it's like, Oh wait, why can't Penn state complete a pass more than 20 yards down the field? And I'm not saying the receivers are great either, but you just, a lot of these teams and programs take things for granted. And uh, it's crazy though. We mentioned, we talked about at the top of the show that, you know, I didn't think that some Utah fans took camp for granted, but a lot of them have not. Cam's not available. Arizona fans were ecstatic to get Jaden Delora back. He's not available. Yet here we are in a matchup between two top 25 teams, and I think it's going to be a fantastic showdown in this one. Spencer, you already said you're feeling Utah. Why is that? Kyle Whittingham is the answer. I think Fish is a really good coach. But I'm not gonna just. I'm not gonna just sit here. I sometimes I feel like I could just like come on these shows and just say like Kyle Whittingham and like I feel like people would get it. Yeah, like look at look at look at last week. Look at last week on the road against Washington. Why is Utah winning the game at the half? Why is Utah in the game? Period. Like why they're Mm -hmm. playing with a backup quarterback against a top five team on the Mm -hmm. road? The answer is Kyle Whittingham, and I think that. You know, I think Arizona is a good football team, and these teams basically should swap spots in the rankings uh, if, if and when Utah wins. But I think when you look at what Whittingham has a tendency to do, which is just win games, just find a way, you know, yeah, they have a tough schedule this year, no doubt. But I don't see them losing two in a row, even on the road. So I think that. They're going to be able to come back, go into Tucson, and, and Arizona is going to drop. I think it's a close game. It's a coin flip game, but I've got Utah 27-24. It's been a long time since Utah's lost two games, and I agree with you, Spencer. I don't think it's happening in this one either. I do think this Utah defense is just playing at such a high level still, and I know that Washington made some plays, but also give credit to Michael. There's a reason that two of Utah's losses have come to Michael Penix and Bo Nix, two guys that are probably going to be involved in the Heisman Trophy ceremony because, yes, do the receivers there create some separation? Yeah, but, like, look at the one throw that Teo Johnson got beat on to Odunes in the right corner. Like, that is a tight window throw, and Penix drops it in perfectly like that. I don't think – I think Fifita can do that someplace, but not consistently enough. No, he's not, on, he's not on Bo oh, and – and Penix's level. He's not. He's not going to do it consistently enough to beat this Utah team. I think he is going to make a costly mistake in this one because, to your point, unlike when Oregon took on Utah, when Utah decided to never throw a punch in that one because it was just like – it was kind of that one uh, – that Simpsons meme where it's like, stop, he's already – you guys know what happens there. Hey, you take that down. You take that down. You're not coming on this show again if that comes up again. You understand? <laughs> That's going to cost – a bad nightmare. For those listening on podcasts, I slowly raised the Oregon O in front of my face when he mentioned the game. 
Yeah, good, good disclaimer by you there. But yeah, no, I feel like Utah, they're going to make a couple of defensive turnovers in this game. I see, I could definitely see a strip sack or a forced fumble. Do you think an interception? And I think the offense is a nice balanced day overall. And I do think they go into Arizona and I think Utah gets a victory. I'm going to go Utah takes it 28 to 27. I actually think it's going to come down to the wire late, but I think wow, Utah. So you think Arizona covers the one and a half? That's a good point. Depending on where, depending on where you look, I've seen Utah minus one and a half. I've seen Arizona minus one. So it depends. It, oh, so is Utah uh, popping up on the Pac-12 prime picks this week? Yeah, they are indeed minus one and a half. There we go. They are one of my picks this week. And and, and, the, and by the way, Pac-12 prime picks. For those that are interested, you're not, but you're going to hear about <laughs> it anyway. Some are saying it's the hottest gambling segment in all of college football. Some, some are saying, what's your record? In the last, uh, again, hottest, as in most hottest. most recent, yeah. I have climbed my way out of the hole from a, a bumpy start here in uh, October. But I uh, I have got three straight winning weeks, and I believe, okay. if memory serves, I'm sitting at eleven and four in the last three weeks. There you go. Mm-hmm. Well, if you guys want to get in on that, make sure you guys head over to the Lockdown Pac-12 podcast. Check out all the things Spencer has going on. And uh, Spencer, a lot of news about the Pac-12 today, too. Yeah, just a little, just a little bit. You go check it all out. We're not going to get into that right now. Yeah. Let's play football. <laughs> That's hey. Well, while we can, it's crazy. We're already clo- this close to the end of the regular season. Figures to be a fun few final games coming up here, and I'm sure we're, we're all sure to enjoy it. Spencer, appreciate you for joining us. Yeah, anytime, JT. That's going to do it for today's edition of Locked On Utes. Enjoy the game, and we'll be back Saturday breaking down what is hopefully a Utah win. We'll see you then.